Well, hello, my friends. It's been a while since we've spoken, hasn't it? It's been like four or five days, something like that. I don't know. Thank you for showing up for me. Hi, I'm Danielle Murr, and this is the I'll Have One of Everything podcast. If you're listening to this episode right around the time it comes out, you're likely someone who's followed me here after having listened to me on the radio in Boston at some point over the last 15 plus years. If it's years from now and you've just discovered me, you're like, man, this chick's amazing. I have to binge listen to every episode of this podcast. It's so great. She's fantastic. I hope that by that point, I'm a wild success. And I hope that you are too, because I want that for you. I want you to be successful and I want you to be happy. In all seriousness, happy is something that we will talk a lot about on the podcast uh, throughout various different episodes and points within those episodes, because it's taken me a very long time to learn how to be happy. Being happy is something you actively have to advocate for. And when you get there, you need to protect your happy because there are a lot of people that don't want you to be happy and they want to bring you down because there's a lot of negativity out there. And man, it is tough to fight off. Trust me, I have been in radio for 15 years dealing with a text line and Twitter as long as that's been around. But overall, I like to try to keep as positive a mindset as possible. And that's really, really, really not easy. So I want to share with you some techniques that I've used, and I hope that this podcast for you is number one, entertaining, and number two, educational, because I want to talk to you about a lot of different things. Part of the reason why it took me so long to start the podcast is because I am someone who is notorious for getting in my own way. How many of you can relate? I'm a procrastinator. I'm a perfectionist, and I will think of nine million reasons why something won't work, and then I'm like, well, eh, just don't even bother doing that because something's going to go wrong. It is a lot of work to shift out of that mindset, and it's something I've been doing and working on for a couple years now, really actively. And it's not easy, but it is worth it because you do make strides. And there's a saying that says, done is better than perfect, which is what I'm applying to this first episode. Because as much as I want to have all the bells and whistles of everything that goes along with how I envision the podcast to be, until I nail that down, I'm never going to get started. And then you lose momentum. And uh, there you are years later, not doing what it is you wanted to do. My love for broadcasting goes back 30 years to when I was a freshman in high school at Swampscott High. I was wandering the halls and came across this rather dark, nondescript doorway just to the right of the main entrance at the high school, which, by the way, is now the middle school. They've since built a new high school building, but at the time it was a high school. So I wandered in there, and the gentleman who was the advisor of the cable club was Len Kaplan, a man with whom I'm still friends to this day. And I can credit Len with instilling in me this love for television and broadcasting because he taught us everything he knew. Whether it was writing, directing, producing, lighting, shooting, acting, on camera, off camera, anything that had to do with TV production, Len was incredible at it. And he taught us everything. And I immersed myself in that experience. I would spend every study hall that I possibly could in the cable studio. I would stay there for hours after school every day. I had a cooking show at one point. We did various political show tapings for the local cable access network. People would come in and do roundtables, you know, all all the stuff you tend to see on community television, right? But I loved it. And it was so, so fun. And I was like, man, this is just something I really want to do. If you went to high school with me, You undoubtedly remember that I had a camcorder attached to my shoulder all four years. And back in the early 90s, that was a feat in and of itself because you remember how big camcorders were. Those things were heavy and you had to have actual VHS tapes in them. 
So when we get to the editing process, you're editing, you're, you're dubbing what's on the half inch tape onto a three quarter inch tape. So conventional VHS is half inch tape. And I'm sure there are some TV stations out there still using three quarter inch tape, even in the digital age. It's, it's gotta be happening. So you would have to dub it from the VHS tape onto the three quarter inch tape. And then you would edit literally from one deck to another. You were basically picking an in point and an out point and recording from one tape to the other. It's nowhere near as easy as it is today where you can just edit something on iMovie on your phone. But you know what? Didn't matter. Because I feel like that really gave me a great hands-on appreciation of how the editing process worked. So my goal was to have a video yearbook for my class, the class of 95, because I'm like, hey, I'm getting every moment that we've done in high school on tape. And I still have all those tapes. And I'm still going to come out with a video yearbook at some point. I just have to digitize everything. And that's taking a while. And also, I'm a procrastinator. So (laughs) there's that. But anyway, I was convinced that what I want to do with my life was TV production. So I went to school for it. I went to a college that I picked specifically for television because they were known for it. And man, I did not do well because I did not have the discipline to handle college. Come to find out many, many, many years later, specifically last year, I found out the reason for that was because I suffer from severe ADHD combined presentation. And I know there are some of you like, everybody's got some, everybody says they have ADHD. But that diagnosis, which I'll probably talk about in a future episode, really opened up my eyes to why I was the way that I was when it came to so many different things. I feel like Michael Scott saying to Toby, why are you the way that you are? But it really helped me understand why I've always struggled with certain things my whole life and gave me some coping mechanisms for how to be a better person. So I'm constantly trying to improve myself. It's not easy because we're all flawed. We all have things that we deal with. And a lot of that deals with programming that's instilled in us from a very young age by the people around us, whether it's our peers, our family, our teachers, loved ones, whatever it might be. It's hard to break out of that programming. We'll talk about that more later on because I want to keep this episode as focused as I can. So I worked in a variety of different industries after that. I worked in retail. I worked at the airlines. I worked in the restaurant industry. I worked at a gym. And a lot of it was customer service facing. That's, that's really what my specialty was. Later on, when the opportunity presented itself with WAF and with Greg Hill, I was just thrilled because I'm like, man, this radio thing is so fun. I love this. And getting on board with Greg, LB, Kevin Barbary, Spaz was just a dream come true. I had so much fun with those guys. And just going through all the iterations of that show throughout the years and then moving to WEI, working with Fitzy and Wiggy, Ken, Curtis, it's just been such an awesome ride. But the thing is, Like many people, the pandemic really made me reassess what I wanted to do. And while I loved my job and loved working in radio because I can entertain people and I could make my little witty, sarcastic one-line comments. Ha ha! People like me. Yay! While I could do that, in the background, I was like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. There are other things that I really want to put my energy into. Business ventures, content creation, etc. But I put it off for a long time. And it was very frustrating to me to see other people doing what I wanted to do and making a living off it. And they weren't doing it well. And please, don't take this as my crapping on anyone's efforts to be a creative person or their abilities or their technical whatever. Because it's not that at all. I'm not trying to hate on anybody. I'm not that kind of person. I really try to keep it positive. But I saw people doing things that I knew that I could next level with and do an even better job with. And I'm like, well, man, if these people are able to make it doing this, why can't I? Why can't I do this? Part of the programming 
that was so ingrained in my head was, you need to have a full-time job with benefits. You have to be conventionally employed by a company that pays you to do a job X amount of hours a week, and that's it. And I was stuck in that for a long time. And look, our job was great. We turn on the mics and talk for four hours. It's not a ton of heavy lifting. Can it be emotionally draining, mentally draining? Absolutely, because you're always connected to the news cycle. And no matter what is going on in your personal life, you have to be on for four hours. You got to be happy, cheery, into it, smiling. And there are days that's not easy. I'm not trying to act like my job was any more difficult than anyone else's because I know that people out there, many of you, are doing jobs that are either physically or mentally way more difficult than that. So I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, what was me? My life is so hard because I had to talk about the news. But, you know, if you do something for long enough, you kind of head toward burnout. And not to say that I was burnt out from radio, but I wanted to do my own thing, you know? I really wanted to do my own thing. And I tried to leave WAF a few years ago, and I panicked at the last second. The day before it was supposed to be my last day, I freaked out about not having a conventional job. And I wound up staying. And of course, people assumed it was a bit or a negotiation tactic to get more money, which I didn't. I just loved the job, and I, I wasn't really ready to leave yet. I wasn't ready. What I'd planned to do at that time was to take a year off and do YouTube content creation. And in retrospect, I wish that I had because I would have been a lot further ahead at this point. But you can't reflect on that. This is where I am now. And I'm in a fortunate position whereby I'm secure enough that I could quit my job and say, all right, I'm going to work on my own content. and I'm going to build a couple of businesses. And it's not going to be easy. And I'm going to have to live very slim when it comes to expenses. But I'm ready for it. I'm ready to embark on this next chapter. And unfortunately, broadcasting is an industry where no one ever assumes that you can walk away from a job voluntarily. Everyone always assumes you got fired. So when you say like, so-and-so is leaving the station, they're like, mop, they got ass canned. And you know, if I got fired or laid off from my job, I'd just be like, hey guys, eh, didn't work out. They let me go. Like, it's not a big deal to me. Some people, it is a big deal to them. And they, you know, they want to save face. But me, that, that really wouldn't bother me. I'd just be like, yeah, what are, in fact, I'd probably play it up as like a sympathy thing to try to get a job. Like, oh, what was me? They fired me. Someone give me a job. But really for me, I was in a great position whereby... Everyone around me, from management to my coworkers, reiterated to me that I was really important and they didn't want me to go, even up until my last day, telling me, hey, it's not too late. You can still change your mind. I'm like, no, I did that once before. We're not going to go down that road again. But it's nice to know that you're valued and it's nice to know that people will miss you and they, they want to work with you. And I had a tremendous run and I loved it. Greg and I had incredible chemistry on the air, and he's been such an amazing friend and mentor to me over the years. And I know that's, that's so cliche to say, like, oh, he was a fantastic mentor for me. I really appreciate him. But it really is true. I've watched Greg coach so many people that have come through the doors of Entercom over the years, whether it's air talent or assistant producers or salespeople, anything like that. He really genuinely wants to help people grow and be better. And he's been through a lot, not just in radio, but dealing with other businesses and, and things like that. And obviously, you know his work through the Greg Hill Foundation. And thanks to you guys and your donations, they've been able to give out millions of dollars to people in need. And that's incredible, especially over the last year during the pandemic. That is a feat in and of itself. But Greg's a sneaky side helper. Like, I've seen so many situations where he has stepped in big time for someone, whether it's a stranger or a friend. 
and help them out of a bind or help them get to a good place. And it's, he never talks about it. Like it's never brought up on the air. It's never even brought up in personal circles. He just does it because he really wants to help. So for all the crap people give him about various things, I think it's really important to acknowledge that because truly he wants to help people. Ken and Curtis, complete professionals. Those guys are so good at what they do. And Everyone jokes, shut their mics off, can't stand those guys, you give them too much airtime. But the fact of the matter is, the amount of work and prep that they put in to set up everyone for success is incredible. Anytime I've needed something, I could turn to those guys and in two seconds have an answer or a suggestion or some guidance on something. And they have been absolutely invaluable. So as much as you guys want to hate on them sometimes, I'm telling you, they are absolutely key to keeping that machine running smoothly. It was almost like being in a secret club where you had all these inside jokes and you could laugh about things to the side and nobody really knew what you were talking about. And Wiggy, Wiggy is just an incredible, pure human being. He showed up every single day to work, still does, with a smile on his face, ready to go, and with a great attitude. And nothing bothers him. He lets everything roll right off him. He's like, no problem. We'll do whatever. And, you know, for as much as I pick on him, he and I had a great dynamic as well. Fitzy even though he hadn't been on the show full-time with us for a while and was doing other day parts, is a supremely talented human being. That guy is funny as hell. The ideas he comes up with are great. The little comments that he makes and the things he says to you to just brighten your day and put a smile on your face are awesome. He's done so much with his Patriot stuff that it really is impressive. And seeing him in the hallways and having our little nods to each other just brightened my day so much every time I would see him. So those are five reasons that made it really difficult for me to walk away from the job, especially the current version of the show. And there's other people that play into it. Got Branja Forty, who, if there's anyone who knows how to read Greg's mind better than me, it's Brangy. And Brangy knows what makes for good content, especially audio. He gets it. He knows what's funny. He knows what sticks. He knows what's good. There's a reason he's been doing that as long as he has. Stiz is my dude. I love Stiz more than anything. Stan and I have ridden the roller coaster of emotions at work over the years and he has been a constant source of support for me both personally and professionally. I love all my other co-workers at EEI and AAF. I, we don't even have time to get into that. That's a whole other conversation. Everybody that I work with there, whether it was Spazzy, LB, Kevin, Shu, Mistress Carrie, Dave, Rob, Jack, Red, I, I, I can't get to everybody. So if I worked with you and I love you and I didn't mention you, please don't take it personally. I'm just trying to give some examples here about what an incredible time I had at my job because it's rare and I was very fortunate to have great relationships with a lot of people. It just got to a point for me where I wanted to move forward and focus on other things. So let's talk about those other things. This podcast obviously is one of them. It's one of many things I plan to do. And I didn't get started for a long time in the podcast space because I was trying so hard to narrow down what the focus of the podcast would be. Like, this is your podcast and it has to be about X, Y, or Z. Otherwise, people aren't going to tune in. I don't know why you can't just talk about a lot of different subjects, which is how I got to the podcast title. I'll have one of everything. Because for me, it's kind of twofold. It embraces the fact that I plan to cover a lot of different topics on the podcast and also show... And also showcases that I want you to get a lot out of life. And hopefully if I'm able to share things with you that enable you to do that, that's awesome. I'm psyched for that. Yay, go you succeeding. Look at you. I'd give you a pat on the back, but you know, COVID. And don't get, me, don't get on me for the COVID comment. I'm just kidding. 
Oh, I'm giving you a virtual pat on the back right now. Good job, buddy. So as far as topics that we'll cover on the podcast, food, because I love food. We'll talk about cooking, talk about gardening, because obviously, you know, guys know that I love plants. There will be a lot of plant content. We'll talk about health and wellness, whether it's physical or mental. Talk about lifestyle things. We will get into some woo-woo stuff like astrology and tarot and spirituality. You know, I'm not a religious person necessarily. I was raised Catholic, so I like to say that I'm Catholic by guilt. But moreover, I'm really kind of more spiritual and connected to the universe. And and I'm a big believer in things like energy and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that too. Don't be afraid of it. If you think it's wacky, don't be afraid of it. Just tune in and you're going to be fine. I promise nobody's going to put a hex on you or anything like that. All right. My goal is to keep episodes probably somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes so that they're easy for you to listen to, fairly quick hits, not too involved. One of the things that really frustrates me when I listen to podcasts is you log on and there's this like hour and 12 minute podcast episode and 46 minutes of it is just like rambling and trying to get everybody on on track. And there's nothing wrong with that because I know that a lot of people kind of like that rambling format and they just like to listen to people talk in the background and it keeps them company. But I prefer to get more of a concentrated hit of information. So I'm going to try to keep the episodes as concise as I can for you guys while being entertaining as well because I'm going to lean back on all my editing skills. (laughs) Ha ha. I will have some longer format episodes, most likely, where they'll be like special editions. I want to tackle some things that are tough topics, like when you don't know what to say to your friend who was just diagnosed with cancer, or how much should I really be tipping my buddy who just gave me six free appetizers and two free rounds of drinks? Like stuff like that that people are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what the right thing is to do here. What, 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 what should I do here? And I'm sure at some point I'll be bringing people in for interviews on various topics. I have a lot of people that I would like to talk to about what they're doing. And and I want to try to make it fresh because I know a lot of people these days are doing podcasts and talking to people and interviewing people. And I want to avoid having someone on that's just regurgitating everything they said in the last three podcasts that they were on. As far as business ventures go, I have several in the works. And the first two will involve plants and flowers. And those will be done with my friend Alexa, who's like my plant bestie. We bonded over a love of squirrels and houseplants. Uh, and she's actually my closest partner in rescue also with Blues Bridge, as she and her fiance Colin foster a ton of kittens for us. So they are total rock stars when it comes to that. But she and I are starting two businesses. The first is Two Girls Plant Shop. Shop hay with an E, like old school candy shop. Get it? Not at all related to two girls, one cup. So don't even go there. Okay. And that will be houseplant sales. And we will likely do that mostly online. Probably do some pop-ups here and there. If it works out, we'll get into that a little bit later. Right now, not a great time to be shipping plants, obviously because of the cold weather and there are carriers still having shipping delays. So we're kind of in more in in the research phase when it comes to that business and, and sourcing our plants and whatnot. The second is going to be a cut flower farm and we'll be growing those flowers at two different locations and it's going to be called Red Door Flower Farm. And this is actually something that I wanted to do as far back as 2017. I was going to launch this business in 2017 and it didn't pan out at the time because some of the property stuff fell through. But that's when I registered the domain name and I looked back at that the other day and I'm like, man, I've been trying to do this flower farm for four years now. (laughs) And we both have decent experience growing flowers, but I invested in an intensive course for us. Um, If you're familiar at all with Florette Farm in Washington State, Erin puts on uh, a very intensive six-week course for flower farmers. So I bit the bullet and invested in that, and we are going to be flower experts. So 
We'll likely be doing some pop-ups here and there. Also thinking of maybe doing a subscription weekly bouquet service with various pickup locations. Again, we have to flesh all that out, but I'm just kind of giving you guys a 10,000 foot view of what I have planned for my next ventures. Another venture of mine is working on a line of high-end chocolates. And one thing I love to do is work with food. You guys know that. So I've been loving learning how to temper chocolate and work with various different types of fillings and ingredients to create really cool flavor profiles. So that's something I'm going to be working on as well. Probably be selling those online, maybe available in some local shops. I do have friends that have businesses, so I may try to get them to carry my products. And finally, I'll be doing YouTube content. This is a time when it is so easy to produce great content, even just with an iPhone. And I have more high-end equipment that I own. So I think it's going to be really cool to be able to come up with some stuff. We're going to do some cooking videos and plant education videos, maybe some vlogging stuff. I just want to test it out and see what sticks and see what you guys like, see what I like, see what's fun and move forward with that. So there you have it, guys. Episode one is in the can, as they say in the entertainment business. I will keep you updated on everything I'm doing on my social channels. So please make sure you're following me there at Danielle.mer on Instagram, at Danielle.mer on Twitter. And of course, you can visit my website, Danielle.mer.com. It's a bit lean right now. I'm still working on the build out, but I'm leaning on that saying done is better than perfect. So at least it's up and I will post any related content or links or things that will be of interest to you guys on the website as well as social media. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover, things you want me to go into a little bit more depth on, guests you might want me to have on, feel free to let me know, drop me a line, and I'll take all of that into consideration. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that you guys showed up for me. Thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you next time.